This is Sean from Search for Meaning Oxford. We hold weekly conversations for people searching for answers to some of life's most important questions through reflections on the sacred writings of the Baha'i faith. Our events are free and open to everyone. Each week, we do a short roundup of the conversation we just had in this short podcast. Welcome to our series of podcasts called Reflections on the Life of the Spirit, which is based on the first book in the series from the Ruhi Institute, which we've been using in our weekly online meetings here in Oxford. In this episode, Chabnam Daniel and I read and discuss a series of quotations from the Baha'i writings on various core concepts concerning our identity and the spiritual reality of our existence. This is the fifth episode of Reflections on the Life of the Spirit, and we're looking at quotes about prayer throughout Unit 2. Let's hear the first quote. I beseech thee to make of my prayer a fire that will burn away the veils which have shut me out from thy beauty, and a light that will lead me unto the ocean of thy presence. So here we have the first of these very powerful metaphors to understand the nature of prayer. And this is the metaphor of a, of a fire, a fire that burns away the barriers that, that we have in front of us, the veils that, that come between us and the truth. Of course, a veil is something that sits in front of the eyes. So it inhibits one's ability to see and to be, to be seen. And in this beautiful passage, it refers to veils that have shut us out from thy beauty, from the beauty of God. The other metaphor is a light, a light that will lead us onto the ocean of thy presence. So we have two metaphors in, in one short phrase. And of course, there are so many other metaphors, aren't there, that, that come up throughout the, the Baha'i writings about what how we can understand prayer. It seemed to me lots of different aspects of prayer that we can glean from uh, from using those metaphors this metaphor with um, with a prayer being a fire is something really quite powerful and and, and uh, I saw that when we read this with the group and there are a lot of qualities of a fire that can be related to to prayer in terms of fire kind of it rises the heat rises upwards we were talking about how prayer is an attempt at having a, a conversation with with God. In, in that sense, it, it kind of pulls us, pulls us in that direction, pulls us upwards. And another another um, point that came up in the conversation was about how that that movement, that that need to to communicate with God, is very natural. And I think that's also uh, again can be related back to this metaphor of a fire, which quite naturally burns in that. In that uh, in that shape, there are other metaphors as well in the in the Baha'i writings about prayer being being like a ladder uh, for our our ascension. Again, I think there is that that upward movement, that upliftment uh, that is connected with connected with prayer. In our group, we spoke also about some examples of some veils, or what are the things that maybe keep us far from God, or uh, prevent us from appreciating God's beauty, and we spoke about um, examples such as maybe the way we define success, um, 
or even the way we define the purpose of our lives, or maybe even something like backbiting um, or, um, you know, not seeking the truth. These are all veils which keep us far from God and maybe prayer is a tool that helps us um, reflect more deeply on the purpose of our lives and um, also on our shortcomings so that we can then make efforts to improve ourselves. Prayer is such a universal phenomenon. You know, we find it in every society, every culture, religion, even, you know, sort of the ancient uh, buildings, you know, where there were places of worship and temples and, you know. And so we know that it's been a, a you know, really almost a universal experience for humanity. But I suppose it, it means something different to different people. And we have at its core in the in the Baha'i writings this notion of prayer as a conversation with God. If our fundamentally we are creation of God's born out of love, and our task in life is to express our love for the Creator, then prayer is a means of us expressing our love to God and us receiving some of God's love back in the form of that that conversation and that connection, that mystic connection that takes place during that conversation, that uh, that that uh, moment and that time of prayer. So I think as we talk about this quote and the other quotes in this in this whole section, we keep seeing different metaphors, different ways of describing different aspects of the of the experience of prayer. Let me read the next quote. There is nothing sweeter in the world of existence than prayer. Man must live in a state of prayer. The most blessed condition is the condition of prayer and supplication. Prayer is conversation with God. The greatest attainment or the sweetest state is none other than conversation with God. It creates spirituality, creates mindfulness and celestial feelings, begets new attractions to the kingdom, and engenders the susceptibilities of the higher intelligence. So here we have a description of prayer as being the, the sweetest thing in the world of existence. Um, not just a, a kind of duty to be carried out or, or, or a part of our daily routine, but really the, the sweetest thing that we can do. And um, we also have a mention here of the state of prayer, living in a state of prayer. I think that's kind of a new concept for many people to think of what does that actually mean to live in a state of prayer as opposed to just praying as a singular action, right? I sit and I close my eyes and I, I say a prayer. What does it actually mean to live in a state of prayer? And I think it speaks to the effect of prayer and um, what effect that can take in terms of uh, affecting our actions and the way we live. And I think what that also means is that prayer can also take the form of action. And maybe that's liberating for many of us who would find it hard to sit for hours on end and try and pray and kind of connect with with God in that way here we're we're being told that service towards other people um our thoughts and our actions can also be a kind of prayer they can also be a kind of worship and just to make that absolutely clear of course elsewhere in the, in the in the writings it, it Abdul Baha says that work performed in the spirit of service is the highest form of worship so 
you know, just in a very practical sense, the the job we do on a day to day basis can, in the right frame of mind, be a sort of living prayer. I'll read the next quote. Intone, O my servant, the verses of God that have been received by thee, as intoned by them who are drawn nigh unto him, that the sweetness of thy melody may kindle thine own soul and attract the hearts of all men. Whoso reciteth in the privacy of his chamber the verses revealed by God, the scattering angels of the Almighty shall scatter abroad the fragrance of the words uttered by his mouth, and shall cause the heart of every righteous man to throb. Though he may at first remain unaware of its effect, yet the virtue of the grace vouchsafed unto him must needs sooner or later exercise its influence upon his soul. Thus have the mysteries of the revelation of God been decreed by virtue of the will of him who is the source of power and wisdom. So this quote uh, is quite mystical and I think difficult to understand um, fully at the beginning. But one thing that does strike me is the idea that prayer does have an impact on us and also on others. And it's not something that we can immediately see or feel. Um, but that doesn't mean that it's not effective. So it starts by talking about intoning the verses of God, which I, I suppose means maybe to chant, maybe to vocalize, uh, but, it, but it certainly is more than just sort of thinking. You know, there is something about putting those words out into the world so that others can hear them and so that we can hear them. In general, the, the way in which um, prayer takes place um, is, is a very personal and, and private act. In this quote, it refers to the privacy of our chamber. So I think, again, that sort of reminds us of this very personal connection, this very personal conversation with God, this very personal conversation that we're having. Of course, one of the things we know in the Baha'i writings is that when we look in our own hearts, we find God within us. And so part of that conversation with God is also a, a, a dialogue with our own soul, a dialogue with our own um, spiritual faculties. And so, you know, this is a, a lot going on, it seems to me, in the, in the act of prayer, the conversation with God, the burning up of our, uh, uh, you know, of our imperfections, the removing of our veils, the insights that come from prayer that that are like a light that shine that lead us to greater understanding and knowledge of God and here as 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 you've both said we have this other effect of 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 how that translates from the change on our own selves and our own state of mind into change in the world and that there is this means by which that prayer has an impact and I, I guess there are lots of ways, and as you've said, mystical ones, I'm sure we don't really understand. But there's, you know, there is this, this idea that the impact that we have, we might not be able to see it. We might not be able to know who the impact is on. You know, there's something about scattering that isn't like a laser beam that's sort of reaching out and I'm praying for something and then it's happening. It's this, you know, we don't really even understand always 
what the impact is going to be on others and on the world of the of the prayer that we have of the change we make of that sort of fire that we kindle in our own hearts but it seems to have this effect far beyond our own understanding or our own intention one thing that um i would like to point out about this about this quote is uh, especially for perhaps for for listeners who may not be familiar with the writings of baha'u'llah that um here we have you know baha'u'llah setting this very grand grand context and um ad- addressing really something that's very mysterious i think it's, it's a question many people have about you know what is prayer what is the effect of prayer um it's this ancient ancient thing that's been associated with humanity for as long as we know and what is it and um i think with a careful reading of this quote it, it's incredible how much is included in in this one paragraph we have uh we have the person who's praying then immediately we have a reference to those who have drawn nigh unto unto him so everyone who has who has passed away and then we have the hearts of all men the hearts of all the people in the world so we have everyone who's passed away everyone who's alive we have the person who's praying we have um the scattering angels of the almighty shall shall scatter abroad the fragrance of the words so we have this the words that are being uttered are kind of connecting this very rich and beautiful tapestry and um and then it ends again even though it's addressing this mysterious process it ends with another mystery and that that is that what is the influence of that prayer that it will have an influence sooner or later though though that influence is in and of itself mis- mysterious so after having read these quotes i think it's clear that there's quite a lot to take on and um it's it's difficult because we have these quotes and we have kind of a model of prayer almost set out for us you know what how our prayer should be um that it should be pure that it should be detached um and we're being told that prayer is a very blessed condition um but actually it's all praying is also something that's difficult and that requires practice and whilst it can be very uplifting and it does have an impact on our own souls and on the people around us it's something that we don't fully understand and maybe sometimes we feel like when we pray we have to feel very elevated and extremely spiritual um and while this is the ideal i think many of us would would attest to the fact that this isn't always the case and um it's hard to find those moments of of peace and and silence where we can really connect the next quote is in the highest prayer men pray only for the love of god not because they fear him or hell or hope for bounty or heaven when a man falls in love with a human being it is impossible for him to keep from mentioning the name of his beloved how much more difficult is it to keep from mentioning the name of god when one has come to love him the spiritual man finds no delight in anything save commemoration of god so this is this maybe challenges some of our conceptions of prayer some of the the basic ideas of of why we pray i think that you know our, the typical image we might have in our mind of of prayer and is people in a tight spot um asking god for help uh praying for assistance asking for something 
And while that's definitely something that we can and do at, at moments of, of you know, need and moments of crisis, of course, this is a reminder, this passage is a reminder that at its essence, prayer is, a, is an expression of love. It's a, it's a vo- vocalizing of the love that we feel in our hearts and indeed a way of increasing that love that we have for God. And so we're not so much asking for something uh, as a hope of reward, and we're not asking of something, we're not, we're not praying because we're worried that if we don't, something terrible will happen to us. We're really expressing love, the love that we have in our hearts. One of the uh, points that came up in the discussion was uh, really quite interesting to me. One of the participants said that um, you know, prayer had changed throughout their life and how when they were a child, you know, prayer was associated with, with fear. That if I don't pray, you know, some, something bad might happen. And how um, through, through life and through continuing to pray, that had, that had changed. And uh, so, so the individual had changed, the way they prayed changed, the feelings that they had during prayer changed, and the relationship that they had uh, with, with, with God and the, the understanding that they had of God changed. But the interesting point that they made was that, well, the truth is that, that throughout that, God didn't change. All of those changes were, were internal, and, and it kind of spoke to the, to the power of prayer and um, the power to to change fear into love. This is the second quote. If one friend loves another, is it not natural that he should wish to say so? Though he knows that the friend is aware of his love, does he still not wish to tell him of it? It is true that God knows the wishes of all hearts, but the impulse to pray is a natural one springing from man's love to God. So here we have this um, connection between prayer and speaking to God as being an expression of, of love. Uh, and the same way we would want to tell a friend that we love them, uh, we want to express that towards, to, towards God. It kind of underlines this, this principle that prayer is actually natural, that that impulse is is completely natural and within us that there's a calling to to express this deep sense of gratitude and and love. One participant in our group picked up on the idea that impulse to pray is a natural one, and she asked, she challenged it because actually, there's if this is a natural impulse, why is it that so many of us aren't praying, or why is it that even those people who do pray? can find it challenging and maybe once again this is because we're so focused on the material aspects of our survival um, rather than focusing on our true nature which is spiritual so maybe one thing that we need to learn to do is create communities where we encourage one another to pray and we encourage each other to connect with the more spiritual side of our beings in addition to this material side I think that idea that you mentioned that prayer is not only a deeply personal uh, act of conversation with God, but also has a sort of community aspect to it. And that as we 
pray and encourage others to pray, there is an opportunity, there are many opportunities, and we're seeing this in Baha'i communities around the world, where those communities are building in opportunities for collective worship, for devotional meetings that they're holding together in their own homes or in you know, local Baha'i centers, or indeed in those places where they're building these houses of worship, uh, which are built by the Baha'is as a as a gift to the community, as a place where people from all spiritual traditions or none can come and and use them as a place for prayer. That that's a there are lots of different ways and levels in which we are seeing worship and prayer become a part of the, the regular life of of a community, and presumably we're also we'll see how that raises the quality of love uh, and unity in those communities as well. So that brings this section of Reflections on the Life of the Spirit to a close. Please join us next week when we explore quotations from the next section. And please visit our Facebook page, Search for Meaning Oxford.